I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunners. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot, going hot, there is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk about all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. Hopefully you all had a wonderful new year and we can kick off 2021 together here and make it a great year. I hope it's not as crazy as last year. I hope uh, 2021 brings a lot of good changes. Anyway, welcome to Rapid Fire. This is the first show of 2021 and we are going to go right to the phones in a minute, um, but I appreciate everyone checking in with us here. If you want to be a part of the conversation live when we record the show, go to capegunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire and sign up for our social media streams. If you want your questions answered and whatnot, then by all means, uh, go ahead and click on Rapid Fire at capegunworks.com. All right, we're going to go to the phones here. We got Jim on the line. He has an AR question. So, Jim, go. How are you, bud? Good afternoon. Happy holidays to you. Um, question about purchasing an AR-15 style rifle. I'm a little confused about the law. Sure. And um, as I read it, it seems like the one definitive thing is that these have to have a non-detachable magazine to be legal. Yeah. If I understand this correctly, because I've been to some shops in my local area and and you know, they're, they're, it's it's been all over the place. The answers I get. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, some of them say you can file down the uh, the, the uh, lugs or the uh, bayonet and pin the um, the stock, but you know, uh, or and you can leave the uh, uh, ten round clip um, that you can uh, that you can take off. And some say no; it has to be uh, you know a non detachable clip. So, yeah. is, is it a is it a vague? subject or it's a can of worms it's the proverbial can of worms and it's clear as mud as you've already found out from going to different shops you're getting different answers there's everybody's got an opinion about it everybody's got you know something to say about it but here's the way it all works it's it's actually extremely complicated yes but it's also um basically boils down to this if the an AR-15 was manufactured prior to 94. It doesn't matter what the configuration of it is. It's legal for sale and possession and, you know, resale by dealers here in Massachusetts. If it is not made prior to 94, but it was made prior to 2016, then it is eligible to be owned and possessed by somebody in Massachusetts and transferred on a private sale, person-to-person, face-to-face, through the gun transaction portal. But it needs to be in its post-ban configuration. So it can't have a bayonet lug, can't have a collapsible stock, can't have a threaded barrel, can't have uh, folding stock or you know 
flash hide or any of that other evil features, quote unquote, that made it an assault weapon, quote unquote, in the first place. So the third thing is, if it's made after 2016, um, the only way a dealer can sell it is if it has a fixed magazine and it's a brand new made from the start as a fixed magazine. It can't be like Spikes Tactical or LWRC makes an AR-15 that you bring into the shop and now you just pin a mag in it. That's not acceptable according to the Attorney General's guidance. It has to be purpose-built from the start as a fixed mag AR. So that is really the way, the three ways to get a gun in Massachusetts as a quote-unquote AR-15. They also use similarity and suitability, or excuse me, not suitability, uh, similarity and compatibility as a test. So if the AR, if the AR, um, you know, has parts that can be used, if it has parts that can be used in an AR, or it's interchangeable with the AR, or it's of the same de design, then then you're going to have uh, you're going to have an AR-15 by definition. But if it's a different operating system, different design, different, you know, it doesn't interchange or have the same design, like an MCX, for instance, a, a SIG MCX is a ground-up, bottom-up, floor-up design. The only similarity is the magazine well, and then the appearance of it, the grip and the safety and all that good stuff. So it's, it's, uh, it's a different designed gun so therefore it can be sold in Massachusetts but if if you um, want to get an AR a true AR mag uh, AR 15 in Massachusetts then it must have a fixed mag if it's a new manufacturer however there's some great alternatives like the sig MCX like the Robinson arms XCRL um, and like uh, uh, Tavor, X95 Tavor, those all take AR-15 magazines, so therefore you can, you can uh, you know, have a good alternative to an AR-15 and not break the bank in the process. So I hope that helps Jim, uh, you know, answer that question, but uh, I know it's a lot to swallow and it's very convoluted. So that's my best attempt in under half an hour. So, <laughs> but anyway, did you have any other questions about that, Jim? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. We got uh, kind of disconnected there for a second. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, you mentioned the SIG MCX, and I caught that on the back end as I got reconnected. Yep. Um, can you tell me about that one? Yeah, so the SIG MCX is another, you know, it's like the Robinson Armament XCR or the Tavor X95. It's a different operating system, different trigger group, different um, bolt, bolt carrier, different recoil system, different, uh, you know, operating system it's a gas piston instead of a gas impingement so it's a it's a fully ground up design like sig does not call it an ar-15 they do have ar-15s like the m400 and the 716 and stuff like that but the uh the, the or the 416 i should say um the 716 is the 308 version of their ar-15 but anyway the the mcx is a total ground up proprietary design and build by sig and it's a very good gun and it's a it's a way we can sell an ar ish gun here in massachusetts and then the uh, robinson armament xcr which we've sold a ton of is a perfect like mash up of the ak-47 and the ar-15 so it's a it's a really good, if you look at the owner and the, the designer's 
uh, SHOT Show video on YouTube, you'll see it's a ground-up design. There's no compatibility with AR-15s other than the magazine, and so therefore we sell a ton of them. So, And it's a really good alternative. So there is alternatives to the AR-15, but I understand AR-15s better than, you know, a lot of people as far as, you know, what makes them an AR-15. To the layman out there, it's, you know, people who are new shooters and whatnot, it can be extremely confusing. So I understand, you know, the, the confusion there. So hopefully that helps, Jim. I appreciate the call, and we will, uh, you know, talk about this, I'm sure, again in the future. And uh, But if you have anything else, give us a call, and we will, uh, you know, let you know. Uh, and you can always comment in the comments on our social media pages if you have any other questions. So, all right. Thanks, Jim. Uh, great question, by the way. And I know that's one of our most watched videos on YouTube is the fixed mag AR in Massachusetts. And we did a fixed mag review of a pistol. It was a customer's build of a pistol with the dreaded SIG brace, which, by the way, last time we spoke on the air, um, we were talking about the SIG brace. I was posting everybody's uh, everybody where to go on the government website and comment on the public comment section of the ATF's, uh, you know, taking another look at the SIG brace and uh, or the pistol brace or the braced AR pistol, if, whatever you want to call it. And about 10 minutes after I put the word out and I submitted my comment, they withdrew. So I'm taking all the credit from them withdrawing from the uh, the pistol brace redefinition. So you guys have me to thank for that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> and honestly, we'll talk about this on the other side of the break uh, a little bit because I don't know if it's a sh uh, wolf in sheep's clothing or not. Or, But we'll talk about that on the other side. So you're listening to Rapid Fire, guys. This is Toby Leary, and I'm really glad you joined us. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road Hyannis or capegunworks.com. And now it's time for the adventures of CGW, champion of Second Amendment rights. CGW, can you help me get my firearms license? Of course, sir. Sign up for a license to carry course at CapeGunWorks.com and start your journey today. Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. But keep it a secret. It's no secret. Shoot over to Cape Gunworks for the savings and selections that can't be beat. That's Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks here. You're listening to Rapid Fire, your weekly gun talk radio show where we talk guns, freedom, Second Amendment, self-defense, training, guns and gear, gadgets, all kinds of good stuff. So uh, hopefully you guys get something out of this show and you enjoy listening to it. I've, I've had more and more people commenting lately that they enjoy the show. They're like, wow, this is great. I'm not even a gun guy, and I found it interesting. So 
one guy said, it sounded like you were speaking another language, so I apologize. I make some assumptions from time to time that everybody knows what the heck I'm talking about. So, uh, But if, uh, if you don't understand, fire off in the comments. Ask the question. I'll clarify it for you. So, uh, We have a couple of questions here in the comments. Um, what do I prefer, the 642 or the 442? Pros and cons. Geez, Ryan, I, I think that's a flip a coin. Those are so close, the Smith & Wesson 642 or the 442 revolvers. The 442 is a little cheaper from my recollection and maybe a little bit more concealable. I think the 642 is the uh, has the bigger shrouded hammer. Um, so, you know, the 442 is one that I probably sell 10 to 1 over the 642, and I'd probably prefer that myself. So um, I'd go with that. I don't have time to go into the, all the d different pros and cons and nuance of it, but um, they're both very good guns and, you know, either one will service you well. So I wouldn't worry about it too, too much. Whatever you can find in this day and age, <laughs> you know, a lot of times we can't be choosers, unfortunately, right now. So everything's so hard to come by. Matthew's wondering if the XCRL is easy to come by and it just so happens we have a few left in stock. So if you need one, give us a call, Matt, at the shop, and we'll take care of you. Um, so before the break, I was talking about the the ATF's kind of redef redefinition or looking at the pistol brace, uh, the braced pistol again, uh, bef you know, and this is like the fourth time they've done this where they were going to redefine it as a short-barreled rifle, if it holds too many optics, if you have too much weight, if you blah, blah, blah. It was like a litany of subjective standards to apply to this gun. And um, so as a result, they, uh, as a result, they withdrew their comment section as if they were, uh, they were going to do something different. Um, like withdraw the whole thing and just like it's an end. But I'm nervous. I'll be honest. I'm a little nervous. Last week, right after the show, when we recorded the show, I sent off my comments and then within a half an hour, they withdrew. So I was taking some credit, I must say. But the more I think about it, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if this isn't a result of them wanting to just wait for a more favorable administration and then unleash the dogs and the hounds, if you will. So you can fire off on the comments section about that if if you have that same concern. Everybody's kind of taking the credit. You see a lot of different companies out there, you know, giving the hurrah and the hand clap and saying ATF did the right thing and they're not going to go after it. But I'm just nervous that it's not a pause and then, you know, unleash the hounds later so that's my only concern and or they just decided not to come out with any new definition of it and just simply start to go after the end users as they see fit which would be horrific but i don't think that is the case i think the former is more the case that they are just going to wait for a more favorable administration and and then start to make some big changes and splashes and waves. The government actually got involved, congressmen, senators and whatnot, and even the Department of Justice sent a letter to the D, uh, to the ATF and said, hey, back off, back off, you're out of your lane. And, uh, you know, so they, they um, hopefully will back off long term, but you never know. So we're going to see... Um, 
see how that all shakes out. So let's give it a give it a few months and see if we are talking about this again. But I hope not, and uh, we'll see how that goes. But anyway, uh, we got some questions here in the comments. Um, my wife is new to firearms, Robert is saying, and we were enrolled in several SIG classes in New Hampshire, and I need to find her a carry slash full-size firearm she can rack and was thinking of a 1911 9 millimeter single stack for her. Any recommendations? Yeah, that's a good question, Robert, and uh, I could break the internet for what I'm about to say right now, but um, I'm not a big fan of a 1911 pistol for a defensive carry gun. Um, the reason for that is it has a thumb safety that you have to manipulate in order to get the gun to fire, but so does a lot of striker-fired guns that are for sale here in Massachusetts. So like the SIG 365 is a perfect example. It's a phenomenal carry gun, but the mass version of it has a thumb safety. So it's almost in the same category as the 1911, except that I think the 365 is a more reliable, uh, better-sized gun for concealed carry. And uh, a striker-fired gun still edges out a hammer-fired gun in single action in my my book. The 1911 subcompact or the small officer's size 1911 have traditionally had some rough times running reliably that's why I like striker fired guns I feel they run a lot more reliably than the 1911s but there are a few companies that do a good job on the 911 uh, 1911 and 9mm so there's the if it was going to be me and I was going to carry one it would be um it would probably be the Springfield Armory EMP um that would be my start because that's a good size and it's a really reliable 9mm 1911. The Smith & Wesson Pro Series 9mm 3-inch uh, 1911 is also very good. Um, but So I'd start there if you're going to do that. I would probably lean towards like a Shield or a uh, FN 503 or a you know, SIG 365. Once you hit the 365, you're going to be dealing with a thumb safety anyway. So once you're looking at that, you might as well look at the Taurus G3 Compact or the uh, Mossberg MC1 or MC2. So preferably, I mean, I carried a 1911 for 15 years before switching to a striker-fired gun. And it, I used to be in construction, so it reminded me of when, like, we would go from, you know, hammer and nail to nail gun you know i'm old but i was there kind of at the traditional you know i i remember building houses by hand and then we went to nail guns and it really sped things up so if there's a better tool for the job i i want to use it don't get me wrong i am going to post a picture of a sweet 1911 that i'm treating myself with uh for for the new year um, I got myself a Nighthawk Custom. If you guys don't have a Nighthawk Custom yet, um, you're going to have to come down and shoot one because it is the Cadillac or the Mercedes, whatever car choice you like, of the 1911s. And they are phenomenal. They're hand-built by one gunsmith from start to finish. And the fit, finish, quality, and you know, construction of these guns is second to none. So I still like the 1911 platform. I mean, shoot, it's the most popular gun in the 
world, frankly, and still one of the most popular guns in the country as far as sales are concerned. But when I use it as a defensive, primary defensive tool, I think there's better choices. Uh, that's just my, you know, my feeling. The gun was designed in 1907 by John Moses Browning. So it's it had a good run. It was in the military service till 1986. And, uh, you know, it's a phenomenal gun. Don't get me wrong. But I think in 2020 or 2021 here, uh, there's some better choices for a primary self-defense gun. Still a cool gun to have, though. So sorry for the long-winded answer on that. Do we have any double-barrel shotgun that is stacked horizontally for under $400? Uh, I don't believe we do, Jason. I don't know of any that I can think of that um, would ever be that cheap. And I don't know exactly what you mean by stacked horizontally. I think you mean a, um, I think you mean like a magazine tube instead of a, a vertical magazine. So, um, but I can't think of any unless you're referring to like you know the Dickinson Arms, um, whatnot. But yeah, so I don't know what what the stacked horizontally in a double-barreled shotgun means. But if you're talking about like a uh, DP-12 or a, uh, one of those type of guns or the Udis or the kel KSG, they're not going to be that cheap and some of those only have one barrel. So therefore, I'm a little confused with the question, but come down and check it out. We got a ton of cool shotguns for sale and uh, I think you'll be impressed with everything you see and there's a bunch of different options. So you really should hold them and feel them and, you know, take them home with you because they need a good home. So <laughs> anyway... We'll be right back on the other side. Toby Leary from Rapid Fire. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. And now it's time for the adventures of CGW, champion of Second Amendment rights. CGW, can you help me get my firearms license? Of course, sir. Sign up for a license to carry course at CapeGunWorks.com and start your journey today. Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. But keep it a secret. It's no secret. Shoot over to Cape Gunworks for the savings and selections that can't be beat. That's Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is Toby Leary, your host of Rapid Fire. I'm co-owner of Cape Gunworks in Hyannis, Massachusetts. You're listening to a gun talk show, which is a rare thing in our area, but I think it's kind of cool. Hopefully you do, too. And if you want to be a part of the discussion, go to capegunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire and get all signed up to the stuff that you'll need there for to be alerted when we're going to record the show. So um, we take calls, we take chats we take emails we get to your comments one way or another so we'd love to answer your questions so if you want to be a part of the show uh, or part of the discussion by all means fire away so 
that's what this is here for. So I enjoy doing it and, uh, you know, can't do it all the time, but like to do it when we can. So that's what the show's all about. So every Saturday from 7 to 8, set your alarm on your phone to let you know <laughs> so you don't miss out. If you do miss out, you can hear the archive at capegunworks.com. But spread the word. If you're a new shooter and you have just recently jumped on the Second Amendment bandwagon, maybe you never thought you'd want a gun or you never uh, thought you'd need one, and then maybe in the last six, eight months you had a quick change of heart, change of mind, um, would love to hear from you and, uh, you know, hear what, what did it for you. So um, there's a lot of people. It's somewhere around 9 million new gun owners in in America right now. So everybody's wondering why the heck isn't there any ammo around? Well, there's 9 million new gun owners around and there's high demand for ammo and the ammo supply chain got broken really bad during the COVID shutdown. Places like Remington couldn't produce a single round of ammunition during that whole shutdown. Now they've been completely broken up and sold off anyway as a result of the bankruptcy but people look at our store right now and see people coming in and buying guns and buying a lot of stuff and yeah things are busy but people don't remember the first three years of the Trump administration where there was no urgency to buying a gun you know people were just kind of like eh, yeah I'll get to it someday maybe I'll maybe I'll do something uh you know, down the road, or I don't really need a gun right now, or I was going to get something, but I'm not. And the whole ramp up to the 2016 election was people were like planning on a hostile administration being voted into office. And so the gun industry really hedged the bets based on the polls and based on everything the pundits were telling us that, yeah, this hostile administration is, it's a shoe in It's, it's not even close. So a lot of people manufactured a lot of guns and stocked up. And then what happened? We had a three-year that the industry calls the Trump slump. So things were really slow and, and entire distribution businesses went out of business. Three of our distributors went out of business during the last three years. And one of them was the oldest one and one of them was the biggest one. So the biggest and oldest uh, distri distributors in America went out of business during the first three or four years of the Trump administration because of the lack of demand. And now, as a result of high demand and new shooters and all this uncertainty and the whole supply chain being broken, it's probably going to take a year to get, get right the ship, if you will. So... Let's see how that all plays out. And uh, in the meantime, we're going to keep it coming in as much as we can. And so we do appreciate the business and the you know people supporting Cape Gunworks. We, we do not take that for granted. We don't take it lightly. lightly. So let's get back to some of your questions. Uh, how many AR in Massachusetts questions do you answer on a daily basis? It must be exhausting. I get a lot of them, Mark. And uh, even, believe it or not, it is really that confusing. And even my staff who've worked for me for years sometimes come to me with, wait a minute, can I sell this? Can I not sell this? Can we special order this? Can I not special order this? 
and they get confused and you know it's just one of those things it's it's a very confusing issue so yep we answer it all the time uh welcome to where obviously our founding fathers did not anticipate the second amendment to be as convoluted and as infringed upon as it is i promise you that and uh you know, so now we live in a time where laws are being made by people who don't even understand the gun industry or how guns work or made or what makes them, you know, go bang in the first place. And so when they make laws, it gets more and more convoluted. And usually there's a workaround of some, you know, someone with some ingenuity that can, you know, kind of re-engineer a gun to, to meet the new definition of what the law says it should or shouldn't be. And therefore, it ends up being sold anyway in a different configuration. And so and people cry foul saying, oh, you're just trying to subvert the laws. And it's like, no, actually, I think you're trying to subvert the Constitution with your illegal laws. And, you know, we're just trying to do what is common and ordinary, which is like AR-15s are common and ordinary. And under Heller, they should be available to every American that is legally able to purchase a gun because it's what the people want, not what the government says we can have. That's just the way the Constitution works. That's the way the Second Amendment works. That's the way the whole Heller decision came down, was what is common and ordinary. And an AR-15 is common and ordinary. It is, uh, it is the, you know, uh, <laughs> it is the Bible for, you know, what you can and can't have. So there's definitely infringements. And uh, Keith Langer, who's one of the best uh, lawyers here in Massachusetts on Second Amendment uh, law had just posted to our Facebook feed here a uh, YouTube channel that says uh, an official answer for all mass firearms law questions. So uh, you can go to our link on that and click on that and we'll I'll paste it over to the YouTube side so you guys can check that out as well. But um, it's uh, I trust Keith's opinion on uh, we've hired him several times for legal opinions on what we can and can't sell, and he always does always does a great job for us. So, um, and Bob says, "Shall not be infringed." What do they not understand? I agree, Bob, and they understand it all too well. That's the sad part: is they know they are, you know, infringing upon our constitutional rights, but they don't care. That's the way it goes. So, um, there you have that. So, lots of questions about legal things and. I'm not a lawyer. I don't play one on TV, but sometimes I get pressed into service, whether I like it or not. <laughs> and uh, so Mark is saying if he were going up to SIG for a class, he'd go with the SIG Sauer and a Legion 229. That's a great size for a full size carry. I I like that gun, too. The 229 is definitely a rugged gun that's done a lot of service and in police departments and our military and everything else. And it's a you know, bulletproof gun. It's really rugged and reliable. It is a huge gun as far as I'm concerned for, you know, I see why you put full size carry quote unquote. <laughs> um, it's a big gun to carry. And I, I'm a big proponent of training with what you carry. So if you don't carry a 229, then don't train with one. Train with the gun that you're going to carry on a day to day basis, because that's, you know, how you keep yourself safe. That's how you learn what tool it is you've chosen to carry and how to interact with it and how to shoot it well. So um, let's see. Uh, 
Mike is saying you have a Glock 17 frame, not sure of the generation in a Glock 19 uh, Gen 5 frame. Is there anything particular about finding barrel slides and springs for these? No, you should be able to find all that stuff. We sell a lot of the slides right here at Cape Gunworks and barrels we, we keep in stock, slides, um, you know, barrels, springs, that, that's all readily available, Mike, so you shouldn't have too much trouble finding stuff for that to finish out your frame there. And uh, the ammo situation, which is another question I get like a million times a day, you know, for lack of a better term, you guys will have to excuse my French, but it sucks. <laughs> you know, the, the ammo situation is going to be like this for a long time to come. So we just posted a picture of my present to myself. It is the Nighthawk Custom Chairman 6-inch 1911 in a black multicam finish. And uh, I have it cut for a red dot optic. And I can't wait to get my hands on it, but the rep just sent this teaser pic to me and I just shared it with everybody to check it out. So go to Facebook or YouTube and look in this chat of the rapid fire episode and you'll see a picture of my gun that I have coming and I can't wait. And if you want one just like it, just let me know and I'll get you one. But it's the double stack, long slide, 1911, handmade by Nighthawk Custom with its forever warranty and I can't wait to shoot it. We'll have to do a live video of me shooting it. So anyway, we'll be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. This is Toby Leary. And now it's time for the adventures of CGW, champion of Second Amendment rights. CGW, can you help me get my firearms license? Of course, sir. Sign up for a license to carry course at CapeGunWorks.com and start your journey today. Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. But keep it a secret. It's no secret. Shoot over to Cape Gunworks for the savings and selections that can't be beat. That's Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. Alexander Hamilton said, Those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. All right, welcome back. This is Toby. You're listening to Rapid Fire. Tune in every Saturday on 95.1 WXTK, and you'll hear all things guns, Second Amendment, freedom, and whatever else we want to talk about. So thanks for tuning in, and uh, we're going to get right back to the questions. James is wondering if he moves here from New Hampshire. Number one, I got to stop you right there, James, because why on God's green earth would you ever move to Massachusetts from New Hampshire? But all right, I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you that pass for a minute. With a firearm that is not on the approved roster but complies with the assault weapons ban and magazine limit, more specifically talking about the North American Arms 22 Mag revolver. So, the mass approved weapons roster is not a roster of guns that you can and can't own in Massachusetts, okay? This adds to the confusion, but it is not a roster of guns that you can and can't own. 
It is a roster of guns that gun stores can and can't sell. So if you move here with your collection of firearms, bring them with you. The only thing I would say is make sure it doesn't violate the assault weapons ban or the high capacity magazine ban. So yeah, if you move here with your, you know, Desert Eagle or your Taurus, whatever, or your, you know, high point pistol, whatever the heck you have, you can take it here with you. Once you're here in the state, you can register it with the state and then you have, I think you have a certain amount of time to register it with the state and then you can even transfer it to another individual. You don't have to, uh, it can't be done through a gun store, but you can do a private transfer, a person to person transfer, face to face transfer. So yes, that is often a, a, I've had people come into my gun store and trade in guns and be emphatic. Like I have to get rid of this gun. It's not mass compliant. And I'm saying, no, the, do you like the gun? I love the gun. Okay, so just keep the gun and keep shooting it. No, but it's not mass compliant. I don't want to get caught with it. I'm like, no, listen, <laughs> you're not in trouble with this gun. The, the rule is I can't sell it, but it has nothing to do with you owning it. So hope that clears up the question. But I have a bigger question of why the heck would you live, move to mass from New Hampshire? That's like going from, you know, freedom to slavery overnight. But anyway, I won't judge you for that, James. We do need good gun owners here in Massachusetts. So uh, come on down. The doors are wide open. I think you'll be one of the few that are actually coming this way. The, I think more people are fleeing the state than coming here, especially gun owners. But anyway, um, let's see. Uh, we have another question about um, someone on the phone. Okay, let's go to the phones. Keith is on the phone with a comment, and maybe he's going to set me straight here. Keith, welcome to the show. Thanks for calling in. How are you doing? Not too badly. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Just wanted a little clarification for all these people who are, for God knows what reason, foolish enough to move to Massachusetts. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, let's get some proper law advice from the man himself. Go for if it. If you bring the guns with you, as in in your vehicle, in the moving van, if you bring them with you, you do not have to register them. Mm. The issue with moving here is do you have any guns that are quote-unquote assault weapons that are not pre-banned? Do you have any quote-unquote large-capacity ammunition feeding devices that are not pre-banned? Those cannot come. Right. But if you bring the guns with you, you do not have to register them. If you establish residency, get your license, then go back and get them, you need to register them within one week of bringing them to the sainted Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Got it. Want, and you do not show them as a sale. You go onto the EFA-10 portal, and it's simply a registration. Got it. So just so I'm clear... If you're moving here, you have to register them, but not if you are just here to, to visit. Is that what you're saying? Not at all. If you're here to visit, you're not going to be registering the gun, and you shouldn't be here with the gun. Unless you've got <laughs> right. A That's what I was confused about. So. That's why I said move. Okay, As okay in, move. In the vehicle, yeah. in the moving van, moving, changing residence. I see. If you are establishing residence in Massachusetts and coming from another state with firearms, bring the guns with you when you move, lock them up, Apply for your LTC immediately, but you do not have to register them if you bring them with you, because at that point you did not acquire them in the Commonwealth. Interesting, interesting. Now, you have what, like 180 days to apply for your license when you move here? Is that correct? 
I would do it as soon as possible because you don't want to have any exposure more than absolutely necessary. So once you've got that deed, once you've got the utility bills, all the things that your town will be asking for, uh, I would recommend immediately registering to vote with the town clerk uh, because being uh, an official voter in the town is always a nice document if mm-hmm. they want to proof of residency. But the deed, the registered voter card or a letter from the town clerk, the utility bills, of course, we're changing your driver's license. Basically, documentation that you are a legitimate Massachusetts resident at that point, file for your LTC and start the ball rolling. And welcome to Maskanistan. So, <laughs> Well, the, the, the key analysis when you're trying to understand Massachusetts gun laws and you wonder, what were they thinking? <laughs> this is the Rosetta Stone to understanding Massachusetts gun law. Each and every one of them was written by someone whose ignorance of firearms was exceeded only by their antipathy towards them mm. and gun owners. Well said. Well said. That is exactly correct. Well, Keith, I appreciate you calling in and being a part of the show. That was excellent advice and clarifying. And that was something I did not know. But pff, there's lots of mask gun laws I'm sure I don't know. So <laughs> I appreciate the call for that. Thanks for clearing that up. All right. Well, thank you, Keith. And uh, so, yeah, you can see how confusing it is. And I think Keith said it best that his, uh, you know, when he said that their antipathy for the the shooter and the law and their ignorance, you know, their ignorance exceeds it just a little bit. (laughs) So anyway, go figure. But welcome to Maskanistan, all the same, James. And he says he's coming here to get married. And I, that's, that's, that's true love, my friend, that you're willing to put freedom in the backseat to a, a beautiful bride. So hopefully I wish you all the, well, all the best in your uh, upcoming marriage and residence here in the People's Republic of Massachusetts. So anyway... So, yes, he followed up with another question. Can you carry a non-roster approved gun with an LTC? Absolutely, you can. So, um, Billy is wondering, uh, well, it's it's an AK-47. I'm not sure what that means. But um, an AK-47, a traditional weapon for the Second Amendment, yes, that's absolutely a, you know, it's whatever's common and ordinary, whatever the people, whatever's popular, whatever people want that is the uh the way that it works and unfortunately massachusetts does not uh agree with that and they've been squashing on our rights ever since so it's where freedom came and ended all in the same state right it's where freedom started and went to die but there you have it. So, hey, Gary, uh, he's wondering if we have any Smith & Wesson 9mm EZs in the shop. And the answer is yes, we have those pretty regularly. Even if we sell out, we'll be getting some more in pretty soon. Smith & Wesson has been the only vendor to continually um, continually bring us guns. Uh, SIG has been few and far between HK, FN, um, all the usual suspects, Springfield Armory. Uh, they've all been trickling in here or there, but Smith & Wesson has continually shipped from the start of the pandemic and the lockdowns and the and the restrictions and the, uh, you know, the 
they've definitely met been met with production problems as well but they have been hustling them through and getting them to us and we appreciate that and they're a massachusetts based company so we appreciate that too so that's a good thing but yeah if you want a smith and wesson ez nine millimeter by all means come on down and see us and we'll be able to get you there any sig pistols on the way uh trail biker wants to know yes we have tons of them on order and I can't even tell you how many millions of dollars in guns we have on order right now. So it's, uh, yeah, there you have it. So um, check in with us. The best way to get the gun that you really want is to do a special order. You come in or you call and say, this is the model I want, if you know what it is. And I want to put a couple hundred bucks down. And when we get them in, you get the call. So that's the best way to ensure that you're going to get it. If you're waiting for them to hit the, hit the shelves, you might be disappointed. Anyway, more after this. Stay tuned. Toby Leary here. You're listening to Rapid Fire. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. And now it's time for the adventures of CGW, champion of Second Amendment rights. CGW, can you help me get my firearms license? Of course, sir. Sign up for a license to carry course at CapeGunWorks.com and start your journey today. Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. But keep it a secret. It's no secret. Shoot over to Cape Gunworks for the savings and selections that can't be beat. That's Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. All right, welcome back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. This is Toby Leary, weekly show at 7 p.m. on Saturday, WXDK 95.1, or you can hear the archive online on our website. Go to capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire. If you want to be a part of the discussion, subscribe to our channel so that you will get alerted when we're going to be live, and you can call in or you can chat in or email or send smoke signals, whatever you want to do. And speaking of calling in, we have Chuck on the line right now who has a question about a rifle or shotgun or both. So, Chuck, welcome to the show. Thanks for calling in. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good. Aside from living in the People's Republic of Massachusetts. <laughs> yes, well, we're all in it together. We're all in this together. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. So my question is, is I have actually had uh, past purchases of rifles or shotguns from New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And with that, I've taken them back home. Was I supposed to register those or not? I hear I don't have to, or I hear it's kind of frowned upon, but you don't need to. Well, well that's a I great question, and I wish we still had Keith on the line for that, but it sounds like yeah. you do because it's not like you're just moving here and the spirit of the transaction didn't take place in the Commonwealth of Mass. But he said if you were to move here and then go up to New Hampshire and go get them and pack them up and bring them back, then you would have to register them. So 
we are a registration state and it sounds like the scenario that he laid out in the first place would lead me to believe that it slips, slips through the cracks but if you go to a uh, to a uh, gun shop across the border and you buy a non-high capacity shotgun or rifle and bring it back, then I think you probably have seven days to register it. That's just my understanding of the law, but Craig can, I mean, uh, Keith could correct me if I'm wrong on that, but um, I believe that's... Seven days is long past many, many, many moons ago. Yeah, and don't forget, (laughs) well... Yeah, I would say better late than never, but um, I wouldn't worry too, too much about it if if you register it, you know, and I don't know the full, you could always give Keith a call and, you know, uh, that's how he makes his living I, as well. I, I, so. know, I, I know handguns are, are supposed to be registered, but I don't, I don't see anything as, as far as rifles or, or shotguns. And then I believe there's also something constitutionally that says that there's not supposed to be a registry, I believe, as well. Yeah, that was a national debate that took place years back, and it it was not, um, you know, it was found to be unconstitutional. And uh, technically, I think it is unconstitutional, but again, this state does a lot of stuff that's unconstitutional when it comes to guns. Um, But pistols, rifles, shotguns of any kind need to be registered in Massachusetts, and they are registered every time you purchase one at a gun store in mass they're they're registered before you leave the store but if you were to purchase or acquire a shotgun or rifle from out of state i don't think that you would um you'd probably still be subject to registering when you got got it back home so and usually it's within seven days but you can yeah you can't purchase a handgun across state lines that's a that would violate federal law you can but it has to be transferred to a mass uh, correct yep you'd have to have it transferred down to a mass and then it would be subject to the approved weapons roster in massachusetts so there you go any gun bought in another state by a mass resident needs to be registered within seven days of being brought into mass so keith just chimed in so that's what i thought so i was on the right track like i said i don't play a lawyer on tv but I uh, sometimes I'm pressed into service. <laughs> but I always say, if you're really nervous about it, definitely consult a lawyer. And uh, you know, Keith is one that we recommend highly here at the shop. And uh, so then there's all these, you know, people like Bob who just chimed in that about the boating accident, the convenient boating accident. Yeah, unfortunately, on the mass transaction portal, there's no checkbox for boating accident. I wish there was, but there's not. So. Thanks for the call, Chuck, and I hope that answered your question. I would say just get it done for uh, sake of getting it done. I don't think you'll be exposing yourself if you do. So um, here's a question for the law nuts. Okay. Uh, I've had a concealed carry permit for over 50 years and went to go buy a Ruger 1022 last year and got denied by the federal government. What is my best move? Well, there is a way that you can... um, Find out why you got denied. So I would recommend that you contact the FBI. In some cases, you're going to need to get a lawyer involved, but uh, it's a kind of an arduous and lengthy process. But you can go to the eNix uh, or the Nix website, the National Instant Check System website, and there's a frequently asked questions. You can go ahead and um, you know click on that and find out how to figure out why you got denied. If it was last year, I don't know if um, they still have that record because it's usually scrubbed after 30 days from the federal government, hence the prior conversation about gun registry. But as far as the denial is concerned, they might still have record of it. I don't know. But um, 
I would definitely look into that because if you have a concealed carry permit and you say you're in New York State, um, which I'm sure they have a very stringent requirement to get a concealed carry permit, um, then I would say you have to, you, you're probably vetted and it might just come down to someone with a similar name or, or you know, whatever uh, address or who knows why you got denied. And in some cases, people end up getting a, uh, a PIN number, uh, you know, issued by the federal government uh, so that they don't get confused with other people. If you have that PIN number, it's called a U-PIN a unique personal identification number. And a lot of people think that's the PIN number they get with their Massachusetts license to carry. And unfortunately, they put that PIN number on the federal 4473 form called, um, you know, the form that you use to transfer a firearm from a gun shop to a to a to someone who's buying one. And they put that Massachusetts PIN on the U-PIN section of the federal form, and it throws our software into the stratosphere. It doesn't even know how to fix it, and it makes a bunch of work for everybody. So that federal U-PIN is for people who get flagged on gun purchases or, you know, uh, have a problem, you know, maybe a very similar name to somebody. And uh, we know some people that have the same name as, you know, violent felons, and so they just come in, roll their eyes every time they get a delay, and then, you know, ultimately they get to proceed once the FBI is able to vet that it isn't them with the, you know, violent felony past. In one case, it's a police officer and he's got the, he's got a very common name and somebody up the road with almost the same birth date as him is a violent felon and he's a police officer and he gets denied every, I mean, not denied, but delayed every time. So that's how you do it. You check into those denials. If you've already been vetted by the New York State and issued a concealed carry permit, I think that you'll have to just, uh, you know, look into it. I wouldn't worry about poking the hornet's nest. I think you should get that answer and uh, find out why you got a denial. That's that's That would be unsettling to me. So anyway, uh, can you SBR an existing stripped AR lower not yet registered? Um, I would say yes, Bob, if it's a lower that you purchased, you know, prior to 2016, you should be able to do that. I don't see why you couldn't. And uh, can you transfer a gun if the manufacturer is on the mass roster but not on the exact model like the SIG 220 on in the 10 millimeter or the SIG? No, okay. I get this question a lot as well. And unfortunately not, Rodrigo. Um, it is very specific to the gun and caliber. Um, unfortunately, it is the exact same gun. It's just a different caliber. Why can't I sell it? And uh, most manufacturers don't realize that it's actually a fairly easy process once the gun has been approved for sale in, in Massachusetts to get the other calibers of that model or the other variances of that model approved in Massachusetts just by affidavit. They don't have to go through the testing procedure of every single variant they make, especially when it comes down to color and whatnot. Um, and I think it's easier to get the calibers that are smaller than the one that was tested, approved. Um, but if it goes to a bigger caliber, I think they have to send it back for testing. But anyway, uh, I wish that more would do that and, and file those affidavits so we could sell the variations of the same model gun because basically it's the same model gun. So that's that. Um, 
anyway, hopefully you guys learned something. I sure did this episode. And uh, you guys, I hope you have a wonderful start to your new year. And let's, let's get back together next week. Get to the phones. Get to the questions. Come on in the shop if you have any need. In the meantime, would love to help you in any way we can. You can call us, email us, and sign up for the chat and all that good stuff, and we'll get we'll get going for you. Um, it's another show in the bag. I can't believe how quick it goes. Maybe that's why we call it rapid fire, but <laughs> uh, puns are intended everywhere. So there you go. Uh, would love to see you guys at the shop, and uh, would love to hear from you. So. Share our videos, like them, and subscribe, and we'll see you guys next week. Same bad time, same bad channel, 95.1 WXDK, and uh, God bless. Have a wonderful week. Thanks so much.